0: travel to europe is difficult for the time being but we can still keep the flame of wonderlust alive through the virtual vacation with guidester the bi-weekly podcast where host jack bauman founder of guidester and travel enthusiast arnold stricker dive into new destinations exploring their unique history culture and special vibe you will also get insider tips about these destinations you won't get from other sources hey jack how are you how's italy Oh, my gosh. It's been amazing. It's been crazy, though. We're talking to Jack Bauman live from Rome right now. He's sitting in his room and has just had a wonderful day in Italy visiting all these special places. Jack, what were any issues getting over there, especially with COVID and how the European Union has clamped down on some things? The United States and the EU are not congruent on some things related to travel.
1: Yeah, so good to hear your voice again. Yeah. So actually getting in, if you hear some background noise, I apologize. I'm in a flat in central Rome right now. You'll hear sometimes some some cars and thyroids going by. But getting into Italy actually was much, much easier than I anticipated. The rules are you need to fill out a form where you specify whether you're vaccinated, you've recovered from the virus within six months, or you test negative within 48 hours of entry. And so you fill out a form. It's called an EU digital document, digital green pass. Or you can show your vaccination card. I landed in Rome. They barely even looked at my passport. I handed them my vaccination card and they didn't look at it. Wow. Since I've been here, I've only shown my vaccine card once. Now, you do have to wear a mask indoors for restaurants and museums, but It has been actually a very easy process to enter, and the attitude here has been still very open. Rome and the area around Rome, which is called Lazio, has the highest vaccination rate in Italy. 80% are vaccinated. Wow. So they're in the white zone, which means that's the best level of COVID, meaning the hospitalizations here are down, the deaths are down. All of Italy actually right now is in the white. Red's the worst, then yellow, then white. And then Sicily actually is in yellow. But most of Italy is in the white, which means they're doing well. And yeah, it was really easy to get in. And being here has been great. Some places are closed, but the major sites are open. The Pantheon, the Vatican, the Colosseum, museums are open. There's not as many restaurants open as before, but there's way less crowds. So it's not a problem. So it's actually been really interesting to see Rome with these fewer crowds. And you got to Rome and you got thrown
0: a curveball, screwball, slider, (laughs) fastball, if I put them all in one
1: thing, as far as your housing arrangements, right? That's exactly correct. So we rented, I'm here for a month. I've been to Rome seven times. This is uh, my seventh trip, uh, sette volte. And uh, we rented an apartment on VRBO. We were, months and months ago, we communicated with the owner for a long time and told him the details of our flights. And then about a month or two ago, we stopped hearing from him and we thought, okay, maybe he's busy. But then three weeks, two weeks, one week, nothing. And VRBO tried contacting him and nothing. So finally, and then with VRBO or Airbnb, you can't get a refund until you're actually there. So that's something that's, uh, it's a little bit of of a gamble. And yeah, yeah. But so we had to show up and we showed up, nothing. No because what happens is when you rent on an Airbnb or VRBO, about two weeks before arrival, you're given check in details. Right. Keys or codes or whatever you need. We never got those. So we showed up to the apartment, to the address, and there was no there was absolutely no check in. So at least there we, was a building. It wasn't uh, an empty lot. No, it's a building. <laughs> it's a it's a flat, an apartment in Rome. And uh, which is it was Arnold lives three blocks, two blocks from the Coliseum. Oh, my. In a, play, in a Piazza Monte della Madonna, which is just in a beautiful little square with little restaurants around it, and two blocks from the, you can see the Coliseum from our apartment. So that was disappointing, but we got a hotel nearby for a night, and then we found another apartment in an area called uh, Largo de Argentina, which is, this is awesome. And it's too bad this is a podcast, but you all just have to take my word for it. I'm looking at ancient Roman ruins. It's called Pompey's Theater, Teatro al Pompeo. This is where Julius Caesar was assassinated. What? So I'm looking at the ruins right near. Oh, yeah. So Julius Caesar, when he was assassinated, they were meeting uh, in a different place than the Senate House because the Senate House had burned down and they were rebuilding it. So they did their Senate meetings while the construction was happening. They did their Senate meetings in this place called Pompey's Theater. And that is the place where Julius Caesar was actually killed. And our apartment is overlooking that piazza, that uh, little square of ancient Roman ruins. It's worked out actually almost better for you as far as your background and what you like. It did. It worked out better. The area is closed off. It's an archaeological site and they're still working on it. So you can't go down in there. So right now it's a cat sanctuary. So there's <laughs> kind of cats, local cats, they call them local, locale, gatto gatti. And so you just have this little cat sanctuary in the middle of central Rome around these ancient Roman ruins. So, yeah, the, the first couple days were a little bit hectic with the apartments fiasco, but it didn't work out in the end.
0: What have you been doing since this is your seventh time to Rome? Obviously, you can't see everything in all these previous trips. What are you looking at? What are you
1: doing? Okay, so the point of this trip was to stay in central Rome and just live la bella vita di Romana, the good Roman life. And so I've seen a lot of the major sites. Now, my father and mother are here. My mother has only been to Rome once, many years ago. So they're here for a few days, and we're seeing some of the typical sites, the Pantheon, the Trevi Fountain, Piazza Navona, the Spanish Steps. And then we'll do the Vatican. We have a private tour. Listen to this, Arnold. I have a friend. Who's friends with the director of the Vatican Museums, Direttore di Vaticani? Wow! the the first direct the first woman director of the Vatican Museums is friends with my friend Patrizia. So I reached out to Patrizia. I said, "Hey, can you get us a private tour?" So we're getting a private tour from the niece of the director. Oh my gosh! So a it's yeah, and so it's gonna be, and we were this close. We were gonna meet the Pope. Oh, but wow. he just he just had surgery, so it right. may not happen because he's recovering from the surgery. But yeah, so what I've been doing, my purpose is just to live. But these last couple of days, we've been seeing some major sights. So what I'll do is I'll tell you what I did today. But before I do that, last night I had dinner with Patrizia in a local restaurant in a neighborhood called Testaccio, with uh, Testaccio. Is just outside the ancient Roman walls of Rome, very local neighborhood. We had a private balcony for us prepared. And the uh owner of the oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna totally butcher this. It's Vella Vella or something like this, which in Vella Vivedetto, Vela Vivedetto translates into I told you so. <laughs> Italians are hilarious. <laughs> this, this owner had some restaurant, very famous owner, uh chef and they had some falling out and so he opened up his own restaurant called Belevede, 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 and which translates to i told you that's great but this is really cool it's on it's just on the outside of the ancient roman uh, city because the city of rome is called central Storico, and then that the roman walls were built around that but since the ancient roman times the city has grown outside these walls and a lot of the local neighborhoods are just outside of these walls so this is the, you could say landfill, but it's really not, the Romans did not put trash in a landfill the way we do. They actually separated their trash down to the material used. Hmm. So we were having a restaurant built into the hillside where all the pottery that they weren't using, all the leftover pottery was disposed of. So in the restaurant, underneath in the basement, there's glass and behind that you see all the ancient pottery from Rome, oh, all the wow. ancient Roman pottery. So we had some, we had a first course, we had a second course. I had uh, ca- cacio uh, e pepe. It, it's like a noodle mm-hmm. and pepper. It's a very typical Roman dish. Right. And then I had oxtail for my Ooh. second dish. How was that? A e, e buonissimo, e buono. It was delicious. Delizioso. It was absolutely beautiful. And we had some vino, certo, which is, of course, some local Lazio, Roman wine, very close to Rome. And then for dessert, we had tiramisu, soup specially prepared mm. for us. And, and we did this with Patrizia, and she's telling us the history of this restaurant in this area. So last night was an amazing dinner with this local Roman signorina, signora. <laughs> at, at, I told you. And yeah, Vela Vivedetto, vello Vivedetto, I think, go. Because even, and what's funny, and so I don't feel too bad, even the cab driver, I said, um, andiamo a Vene Vivedetto. And he said, ah, oh, benissimo, even for me, it's uh, molto difficile. It's very <laughs> difficult. So it's, it's a long word, even in Italian. So we did that for dinner, a typical Roman dinner in a very authentic neighborhood. And then today we woke up and had the first thing you should do, we'll go through a Roman day. What I did today is very typical, typical Romana. Typico Romano, scusa. And so today woke up, had a coffee in a cafe right across the street, a little pastry, just a little pastry al cioccolato, and an espresso, which is good. You drink some water, you have a coffee, you have a, just a little bite to eat, get some energy. Then we walked to the Pantheon. We're a five-minute walk to the Pantheon. Checked out the Pantheon. Then we went to Piazza Navona, which is the biggest, most beautiful, some would say, square. It is the largest open square in rome very typical but in this case they're very much less people than there were before so tourism is starting to come back in rome but it's still much it's way down from what it used to be so it's interesting to see rome in this way because you get to experience it in a better way because you're not packed with all of these tourists so it's very nice the piazza navona and then we picked up mopeds. If you are brave and if you've ridden some motorcycles, renting mopeds in Rome is the best way to get around Rome and it is absolutely Rome is a it's a walkable city, absolutely walkable. But it you will walk a lot. You'll walk many miles. So getting around is much quicker and easier with the moped. And and you love the mopeds too. I love the mopeds. I was <laughs> I've been riding motorcycles since I was young. So okay. for me it's nessun problema. But not everybody would want to do it or could do it. So if you can, try it. And it's maybe to rent price wise, thirty bucks a day, forty bucks a day, depending on what you get. Have you been to Rome before? Arnold? I've not been to Rome. No. Okay, so you're taking notes then. I've not even been to Rome, New York. <laughs> There's probably a Rome, Missouri too. It I probably would think, maybe. is. I bet you there is a little bit different though. Maybe a little newer. <laughs> so you get up, have coffee, go see some sights in the morning. And if you want, you can go get a, a lunch. It's advised not to eat too much for lunch so you can really save the meal for dinner. Dinner is a big meal. And Italians what time is what time is dinner, Jack? Yes. So dinner is late. Dinner is nine o'clock is average, maybe ten o'clock. Uh, you will see people going to dinner at eleven. But if to go to dinner at nine is good. To go to dinner before then. Eight is the earliest. Sometimes Americans will go to restaurants at seven, and they'll just be setting up for dinner. So before dinner, you, you go, you do something that's called aperitivo or aperitivo, mm-hmm. which is pre-dinner drinks. So you'll go to a rooftop bar, and you'll have some cocktails, some vino, and some peanuts, maybe some chips, a little appetizers a little or something. Yeah, yeah, some small appetizers. And actually, what's that doing, Arnold? The, the Romans have life down to a science, especially wine and food and things like this. What's happening there is it's preparing your body for the meal to come. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons, that is one of the reasons Americans are more overweight. Italians are, are typically in very good shape because we eat a lot and big portions, which is not good for your body. It's better to have small portions and your body starts the digestion process. Mm-hmm. And then when you, by the time you get to Rome or get to Rome, get to the dinner about 9, 9 PM, 10 PM, then your body is already starting to digest. And so it it's easier for the meal to come. Makes so sense. today then go ahead. What'd you say? No, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, this. it's evolved over many centuries. So we did some psychs in the morning Stopped for a little little lunch, a little snack in a local place. And then we got the mopeds and went to La Via Appia Antica, the Appian Way. This is where the Romans, the ancient Roman road, it was built in 300 B.C. by Appius Claudius, hence the name. And this is the oldest road in Rome, 2,300 years old. And you can still see this. It's still the same road with the same stones that were there when Julius Caesar had walked down this road, and the first emperor of Rome, Augustus.
0: And I would refer people to the podcast that we did on the Appian Way specifically, so they could get the uh, exact details of what you're talking about.
1: And it's Arnold. It's not very far from the city center. If you won't probably walk, that'll take quite a while, but you could get a cab, or if you have a moped, you can do that, and that'll take you from the Colosseum 15 minutes. But when you're there, as you said, go back and look at our previous The Appian Way episode. We'll give a lot more detail on it. But it just it feels like you're on the countryside and you're 15 minutes from the city center, which is all bustling. So you get this amazing full experience of the ancient road. This is where the Romans used to bury their dead. There was a rule in ancient Rome where you could not bury your dead inside the city center. So their mausoleums and their tombs were outside all along the Appian Way. So every square inch of the Appian Way would have been covered on both sides by tombs. And Mm. many are still there. So so you go and you walk the Appian Way and you go into some of the museums, some of the archaeological sites. So I'm so blessed. I have a friend that has a villa, a 300-year-old villa on the Appian Way, Paola. So we did our thing. Oh, catacombs too. This is where... The catacombs of Rome are located, and the catacombs uh, are where Christians, early Christians, would bury their dead, both because they could not bury them in Rome and because the early days of Christianity were not smooth, let's say. The Romans persecuted Christians for a couple centuries before Christianity became the religion of Rome. So, we did the Appian Way, had a cafe, a coffee on the Appian Way, stopped by my friend's house, Paula, to say hello, and I my service wasn't great so I didn't I wasn't able to call her, but she was pulling in right as we got there. Oh, wow. it, it was perfect timing and showed us around. This was the home that I took my tour group to in 2019 right. and we had dinner. Yeah, that we talked about in the previous episode. Right. And then we saw the catacomb home san sebastiano saint sebastian and for those that know about ancient or just christian um history saint sebastian was killed by the emperor diocletian twice was they shot him with arrows like many arrows he didn't die he was brought before the emperor shot him with arrows he came back alive so he, he didn't come back from the dead he didn't die and diocletian was not so happy so they tied Saint Sebastian to a post, to a column, and they beat him to death for mm. the second time. And so Saint Sebastian has the ruin, has the bones of the actual martyr Saint Sebastian. Mm. And you can go down, so you can see a church which was built, and then you can go down into the catacombs and see all the Arnold. It's bizarre. Listen to this: between the five catacombs, seventy-five thousand. Remains, human remains. Wow. Yeah. So it's a giant, absolutely gigantic complex, a subterranean complex of the catacombs. And and they take you down and it's about an hour tour. You get to see a lot of it, but there's a lot you don't see. So it's just beautiful. Bones really, stacked upon on bones or are they You don't know, they move them to the move preserve them? you don't see any bones. You just see um the catacombs use the little passageways underneath the ground and little inserts. Into the it carved into the rock that they actually would put the tombs, hmm. and you'll see some names plaques carved, and they used to come down there and pray. And something I found out today that I was not aware of is, for seventy five years, this area housed the remains of Saint Peter and Saint Paul. Really? Yes, but so the remains of Saint Peter now are in the Basilica. Saint Peter's Basilica, right? And St. Paul's uh, remains are in a church called San Paolo, I think, Mentra, which is St. Paul outside the walls, because it's located outside the mm-hmm. ancient city walls. But before that it was moved there, it was in this church called St. Sebastian. Wow. It's it's beautiful. And so it is about 5.30 p.m. here. So we spent today seeing some sights and riding around and having some coffee and having some food and we're going to take a little, take not a, maybe not a nap, but just take a rest. And then we'll go for a pre-dinner drink on a rooftop bar. There's a hotel called Hotel Minerva that overlooks the Pantheon. So you can have a drink overlooking the Pantheon.
0: Mm. And reservations on all these places, do you need reservations to go or should you?
1: Or maybe not right now because there's not a lot of tourists? Yes, that's a good question. Dinner in normal times... Yes, it is very advisable to make reservations. Right now, it's not really necessary because of COVID. For an aperitivo, though, that's different. That's usually show up kind of place. Mm-hmm. But for dinner, yes. If you're going to have dinner in the city center near the Pantheon or the Trevi Fountain at a popular restaurante, it is advisable to make reservations just to make sure that you get a table.
0: What, is th- what are the future days hold for you? What are you going to be doing over the next several days now, Jack?
1: So over the next several days, so today's Tuesday. Tomorrow, we're doing the Coliseum. So the Colosseum just opened the underground, the Hippodrome, it's called, which is the underground complex of the Coliseum, where the gladiators and the lions and all the stuff were waiting to come up. They they had this, these systems of subterranean uh, passageways that all the preparation was made for the Colosseum, the fighting. So that's now open. We're going to go toward that and then toward the Forum. And that's tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, I'm so excited for this. If you can do this, I would highly recommend what I would call a cultural experience, an opera or a concert. Arnold, they do these in the Colosseum or a beautiful church or an old Roman ruin. So we're doing Garibaldi, mm-hmm. the famous Garibaldi concert in a place called um, Teatro al Marcello, Marcello's Theater, which is an ancient Roman uh, amphitheater. And we're going to just hear like an opera, Garibaldi. So we're going to hear this Italian concert in the ancient ruins oh, of that'd Rome. Be cool. Yes. And that is going to be tomorrow. And then Thursday, we're doing that private tour of the Vatican, Il Vaticano. And let me just pause and say always do a tour of the Vatican spend the money it's worth it it's it's worth it because you skip the line and COVID there's not a huge line but there's still may be. so you skip the line you get to hear more you get to learn more and then they combine it with the Vatican Museums the Sistine Chapel and then usually end in St. Peter's Basilica which you can then tour and just spend as much time as you want but doing a tour, and there's very different levels of tour. You can do a $25, 30 per person tour, which is like a, maybe a semi-private, but it, you would be on a tour with other people. Or you can do a full private tour, which might be 50, 100 euro per person. But if you can afford that, it is definitely worth it. There's actually 17 museums, I believe, in the Vatican Museums. The Vatican Museums is not one museum. There's 17 wow. separate museums. So what
0: other things do they have in the in, in all those museums? What are they housing? It's
1: really more of the same, but just to have a lot of stuff. <laughs> that is an understatement. This is the Catholic Church. This is the Vatican and they've been since Constantine, which was in the 300s AD, Rome has been the center of the the Catholic religion for 15, 1700 years and in that time they've acquired art and ancient roman artifacts and statues and more art so going back to ancient rome all the way through the medieval period the renaissance all the way up to modern they've collected this vast amount of art and uh, sculptures and everything you could possibly imagine and so they just have different sections of that because it's really the vatican museums it's just part of the palace that the cardinals and the Pope lives in. Right. He just lives in another part of that.
0: And you're supposed to come back to the States when?
1: So I'm going to fly back to the States on September 29th. And I arrived here August 29th, so almost about 30 days exactly. Wow. So
0: that, that's a long period of time. Are you going to venture out from Rome into the countryside beyond the Appian Way?
1: Are you going to go north? Are you Are going to go a little more south? Or what are you going to do? Yeah, good question. Uh, the answer is not a little so. I don't know yet. But I think what I'll do, there are some, if you have time, highly recommend this. Tivoli is a little village. or Yes, just a small town village, uh, about 30 to 40 minutes east of Rome. So you can get there by taxi. You actually can get there by train as well. And it's easy to reach. Beautiful, beautiful. Hadrian's Villa, the Emperor Hadrian's Villa is there, His the ruins of his giant villa complex you can tour and there's also a palace called Villa d'Este which is a beautiful rena- early renaissance maybe even pre-renaissance but this is a owned by i believe a cardinal obviously the cardinals and the bishops and the popes were very wealthy for many centuries and it's this beautiful palace with a tiered garden mm. kind of waterfall going through it and and then you just hang out in the village and get some food And that's, again, 30 minutes, also about 30, 40 minutes from uh, Rome on the other side on west, is called Ostia Antica, which is the ancient port of Rome. And it's a mini Pompeii, Arnold. Mm. It's like a preserved ancient city of Rome. And you get to see the streets and an amphitheater, the forum, and all these houses that are still preserved with mosaic floors. Wow. And right near there is the beach of Rome, Ostia Lido, which is uh, the, just Ostia Little Beach. So you can get to the beach from Rome in about 30 to 40 minutes. That's if not you bad. you go a beach day, no, not bad at all. What else? Anzio, for the World War II buffs, Anzio is where the Allies landed in Italy, which is south of Rome about an hour on the coast. That is worth seeing. I have not seen Anzio yet, but I will. And there's uh, there's some really... Amazing history there, especially if you're a World War II buff.
0: I just wanted to pause to give you a chance. I'm I'm thinking here. I'm thinking here. So
1: have you been to Pompeii? I have have been to Pompeii twice. mm -hmm. And if time allows, you can do a day trip to Pompeii from Rome. It's about two and a half hours each way. I wouldn't recommend it. If you have some extra time, go to Naples and stay in Naples and do a day trip from Naples. That would be much, much better. You won't be, because two and a half, two, two and a half hours, you'll be on the road for five hours. That makes more so, sense. Do they allow
0: you to do some, some what I would call, amateur archaeological digs there or brushing off of things? Because <laughs> they're doing quite a bit of work still there in, in Pompeii area. Yeah, that's true.
1: No, not to my knowledge. I'm, they do have, you can do field schools, but you'd have to do that through an institution or through university. You can't just show up and say, let's do some digging. That, no. And it is constantly changing there. As you say, I think one fourth or even one third of the whole city is completely under earth still, is not excavated at all. So they wow. still have a lot of space to excavate. It's just, it's very difficult. You have to go very slow and it's money. It's very expensive to continue these archaeological digs. Exchange rate pretty good with the euro right now? It is the exchange rate is about uh, one US dollar to 1.1 or 1.2. So like a dollar 10, a dollar 20, it to Europe to a euro. And it used to be about a dollar 50, dollar 60. Mm -hmm. At one point, it almost got up to, I think, close to two to one. So right now it is a good time to come to Europe and you'll benefit from that exchange rate. A little pro tip here. Do not exchange money at your bank before you go. You will pay five, seven, eight percent on top of the exchange rate of that day. Maybe get some euro, get a couple hundred euro to get you by for a day or two. Bring your ATM or credit card and get cash when you arrive. Speak to your bank and ask them what the exchange rate is for the bank. And never, if you can avoid it, get money from just a random ATM go to la banca a bank atm very important you might pay as high as 18% or higher at these random and it's in italian so you don't you just don't know because you, unless you speak italian so be careful but if you see a bank and you see an atm outside the bank absolutely safe and that's where you'll get the best exchange rate and stay don't do the exchange at the airport either that's exactly right yeah it's obviously a dire situation you can do that But try to avoid airports, train stations, exchange rates, and even exchange offices. Exchanging cash for cash is usually never a good idea. Pulling money out from your bank at a local bank with the daily exchange rate is usually the best option. I have Bank of America, and they don't charge. If you use the correct bank, you just ask your bank, what's the partner bank? They have usually Mm -hmm. deals with different banks. And so I pulled money out yesterday, and I was charged nothing for that.
0: That's the way to do it.
1: It is. It really helps because that 5%, 8%, that can add up super quick.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'll really dig into your plans to do some traveling and some uh, sightseeing over there, especially if you're getting those
1: private tours. And you're going to be spending money on food and wine. Those bills, Il Canto, the bill, can add up very quickly when you're enjoying yourself. There you go. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> Jack, in two weeks, we're going to talk again.
0: And I know you've got some hidden gems up your sleeve. And I know you're, you've got short sleeves on right now, but yeah, you've really got them up <laughs> your sleeves. You've got several that you want to share with us. Give our listeners a little bit of inside information about what they might be listening to in a couple of weeks.
1: So today we talked a little bit about the major sites that you're going to want to see, the Vatican, the Colosseum, the Forum, Pantheon Trevor Fountain. Absolutely want to see that. But Rome is two cities. Rome is a touristy city, but it's also a living, breathing city with uh, rooftop bars and underground cellars and hidden palaces that have some of the best Bermini statues, museums that are never gone to the Jewish ghetto, Trastevide, which is one of the most beautiful neighborhoods of Rome. So there are some, well, more than some, we'll go through some in a couple of weeks. There are many things that you can see that will add to the experience of Rome, that will get you more local experience, exposure to more local Romans. And you'll get to see things that most people never, ever get to see that people just don't think about, that people just aren't aware of. One of them, I'll tease one thing, and I'll talk more about it, is San Gianicolo, which is a hill just to the south of the Vatican. So you can come to the Vatican, and you can take a cab up or walk up if you have time. San overlooks the city of Rome. It's the best place for a sunset. Mm. So you go up there at 30, an hour before sunset, maybe bring a little wine, and you get to just sit up there. There's a piazza, I think it's Piazza Garibaldi, and there's a piazza on this hilltop overlooking Rome, and it's a very common thing for Romans to come and watch the sunset and enjoy some wine. Watching the sunset, the amount of domes and churches and the ruins, the Colosseum in the distance, and the Vatican. You can see all these amazing places up top with the sun coming down, overlooking the city of Rome. I would say that completes
0: a perfect day of Rome. That's why it's important to listen to the Guidester podcast. That's why it's important to tune in to what's going on and go to Guidester.com because Jack's got all this information. And who wouldn't want a tour or a, a real authentic Roman experience, an Italian experience, rather than the, the touristy one. And you could go back, tell your friends you saw all these things, and my gosh, I never saw that when I was over there, or I want to do that when I go over there. So
1: that's why you need to listen to Jack. Assolutamente. And that's one thing I'll add to that is traveling, is, it's important to see things that you want to see, that you've read about, seen, but traveling is more than the seeing of sights. It's the experiencing of a new place, of a new culture, of opening and expanding your mind and having new experiences that are beyond just checking off major sites. So seeing some of these local gyms interspersed with having lunch in a local restaurante and gelato and going to a concert in a church or an ancient Roman theater, it, it is not only a great experience in and of itself, but I think it rounds out the Italian way of life, the Roman way of life. Friends didn't see, but you also will have a deeper appreciation for the
0: culture. Absolutely. Good to talk to you, Jack. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, okay?
1: All right. Ciao, Arnold. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.
0: We are glad you decided to listen to this episode of Virtual Vacation with Geister. We know that there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and we are glad that you have chosen to listen to us. Virtual Vacation with Guidester is produced by Motif Media Group. For Jack Bauman and Virtual Vacation with Guidester, I'm Arnold Stricker.